Welcome to the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, insight and training from leaders around our network. Here's your host, Ian Bird. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome again to another LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, where one of our goals is to talk with leaders within our network and to share their stories and their acumen. And the person I'm going to chat with today, I'm really excited about this, is Diane Harrison. You know, in October 2022, Diane was set in as an, an equipping prophet in LifeLinks, and she's our prophetic ministry coordinator. She travels often with her husband and ministry partner, Todd, and they go to various LifeLinks churches in Canada, the U.S., the U.K., and other nations as well. So it's going to be exciting to hear from her today. She's a true gift to our network and is incredibly catalytic in seeing prophetic teams develop throughout LifeLinks. Diane, I want to welcome you today to the podcast. Thanks for being willing to do this. Yes, thank you. It's my um, honor and joy to talk about prophetic. Well, I know you kind of eat and breathe it, as I would say. I think you really live it out. And that's one thing I'd say about you. You're genuinely prophetic. In other words, it's very down to earth the way you function. And I think that's what you're multiplying in our network. And I really like that. So let's start off. Maybe you could tell us a bit about yourself, your spiritual journey and how you came to be to your current position now. I know that could be a big question, but what's been your journey in the prophetic through the years? Well, Todd and I both uh, came to know the Lord at the tail end of the 70s. So we were sort of a little bit of the flavor of Jesus revolution at that time. But of course, we were not in California where all that occurred. But there definitely was a move of God happening. And I'm very grateful that we came into faith right at sort of towards the end of the 70s. And, you know, at that time, we just thought coming to know the Lord, um, making that commitment in your heart for that spiritual journey and getting filled with the Holy Spirit. We just thought that was all part of becoming a Christian. Uh, that was just a package that came together. So that being filled with the Holy Spirit, we were in a traditional church for a little while. We actually went to a 12-step program as a support for one of our parents. And then my boss actually was really influential leading me to the Lord. So we were going to two churches. We were going to Al-Anon meetings, 12-step program. But what would happen to me is that I would just sort of have a compulsion to speak out some words. You know, I didn't know where it came from. I didn't understand it. And then if we would pray for people, I would get pictures. And so it was actually very distressing to me because I didn't understand what it was. My boss said to me, she said, well, it's in the Bible. It's called prophecy and it's in the Bible. But when I tried to find it in the Bible, I, I didn't really get it. So it was really a lot of floundering around, being uncomfortable with some type of gift. So I really didn't appreciate it at the time. And then into the early 80s, I think it was, I got a hold of Graham Cook's book. Um, and we refer to it sort of as the cookbook because the thing that's so different in that time is that there was not a lot of material. You know, this is before internet. This is early, like 1980, right in that time frame. And so I'm very grateful for getting a hold of his book. And it's called Your Prophetic Gifting, as, as I remember. And But he really gave the perimeter that prophecy was to be an extension of the gift of encouragement. And I'm very grateful for actually being able to grab a hold of that because I think uh, many times prophetic people 
pattern themselves after maybe Old Testament prophets. Because if you just go to look at scripture, it's sometimes easier to see the prophets in the Old Testament than understand prophetic in the New Testament. So thankfully, I feel like I got on that track, which is how ministry developed uh, out, out of that concept that you know, I had right from the very beginning that prophecy was to be a blessing in people's lives. It was to be an encouragement. And so Todd and I, as we uh, worked together, we sort of became uh, part of our local church. So we eventually left doing the uh, 12-step program. Uh, it was a help for us. I'm not sure that we could have, with our mindset, just stepped right into church. We were so clueless. We didn't even know that we had a, needed a spiritual base in our lives. Wow. And so that was one thing that the 12-step program. And I mean, honestly, it was news to me that there was a New Testament and an Old Testament. So that gives you the kind of frame that we were in plus we had sort of uh, done some exploration with you know some new age type things with transcendental meditation and I'm so thankful because especially for Todd it never worked he'd, he'd try to do some meditation and he'd fall asleep I think that God actually protected us from getting a hold of you know just sort of a wrong path but it's also very clear to us that God intercepted our lives. And right in that time, we've been married for about a year and a half before we came to know the Lord. And as we look back, we just have a, our wedding picture. Uh, we never saw this until after we became Christians. We got married, thankfully, in a church. I mean, it was because we couldn't get anybody to come out to the house to marry us. So we ended up renting a church in Vancouver in Richmond, where his parents were living. But afterwards, we see we're at the altar, and there's a huge picture of Jesus kneeling at Gethsemane, and how we could miss that, but we didn't see it till then. But it was just a sign to us, yes, he's intercepted our lives. And then we actually became involved in the church that we're in now, people actually now can't believe we've been in the same church for 40 years. Amazing. I've had people shake my hand and just to say, we, we can't believe this. But you know what? I actually think it's a real benefit to, it's like proof that you can grow and expand in a prophetic gift in a local church. Wow. And that's one of the things that attracts people to the ministry that we're involved in today. It's sort of like, well, You've proven and raised up teams in a local church. It's I just want to go back just okay. for a real quick second, sure. because I just want to comment. I think it's fascinating that you had a raw prophetic gifting, right? Already yeah. before you were even really a believer or grounded, but you had an ability to have these pictures. You're thinking, what is this? I don't understand it. You and oh. Todd are very spiritual. You're kind of trying to figure <laughs> out Al-Anon. I mean, that's taking you to a sense of a higher power. Yeah. I just wanted to comment on how amazing that is. Like you were both just so open and God in his grace came and he just kind of guided you, right? I just love that. I mean, it makes me wonder, Diane, how many people out there right now aren't saved, don't quite know the Lord, but they're very prophetic, right? They have these gifts, oh. right? Yeah, and it gives me a heart for people that are involved in new age or different things because I know they're seekers and I actually don't feel an aversion to conversations because I respect the fact that they recognize that there's a spiritual aspect to their life. Whereas people that are involved sometimes maybe in, uh, in a denominational type church, et cetera, 
they don't think they need anything. So I feel that there's a great open field for that area. And I've had some fun experiences just seeing, even in conversation, just seeing people get more freedom as they come into relationship with with a higher power and the higher power is Jesus. It was quite a shock for us to find that out. That's amazing. You came to know his name for yourself too. It would definitely give you a heart. And I think it reflects itself, Diane, in the way you steward the prophetic. I just always see you as being very normal and very lifestyle oriented, just in the way you do it, even the way you teach. But it probably goes back to your origins because again, you weren't religious. You were groomed mm-hmm. in it later, but you had that raw ability. Anyway, I just want to comment on that. I thought that was really fascinating. So thank you. And so, yes, now you're at Harvest City. And you've been there 40 years. And I just want to say that is incredible. It is sad that that's incredible because you'd hope everyone would be there, but that's phenomenal. So Mm -hmm. give us that journey, how that kind of continued on. Well, actually, the church is actually a different, uh, we have different leaders and we went through a sort of a poor experience early on, but worked for our good, I would say. But we came in, the church was basically all young adults, very zealous. People were sort of at the end of the hippie movement. And so there was just so much grace and love and anointing and and the power of God. I think that we saw happen in that time in the late 70s and into the 80s, where actually we would go to a prayer meeting, we would pray for somebody um, to come to know the Lord, and we would actually see them walk in a week later or even two weeks. And we saw healing miracles, other types of miracles that were really just part of our life for that period of time. Now, it did not last all through the 40 years, that's for sure. But it gave us an appetite and a hunger that we know it's possible. And I actually think that's a big part of our desire to just really see more of the Holy Spirit be manifest in our lives And we've never lost the desire for what we've experienced. And we even know that there's going to be more to that. So that's been a great thing. So we raised our family. We became leaders really early in the church, probably way before we should have been. We knew nothing, but, you know, it was just things were moving, (laughs) happening, and we were probably the best they had at the time. And then actually the church got quite legalistic over time. It wasn't like that originally. And we went through sort of a bad experience. Well, not sort of, it was. And those former pastors were removed. And and then that's where our original network people, Dave and Linda Wells, came to be pastors at the church. And so Todd and I worked really with them as leaders right from the beginning and just had a great opportunity. I actually think that my prophetic gift never would have actually developed if there wouldn't have been the type of grace atmosphere that we had as the leaders and elders. I had a lot of encouragement from elders to grow in the gifting. Once I knew that I had a gift or whatever, all I knew is, can we please have the prophetic people? Can we begin to gather together? We just needed to have that group together. So Dave came to, I think, one meeting, maybe the second one. And I think I'd actually given him some notes for the first meeting because I did have a teaching background. And um, so I think Dave maybe came to two meetings. And then he said to me, Diane, why don't you just take this over? Because I actually don't have time for it. So that's how... I came into the area of developing prophetic teams. <laughs> I was just talking to someone last week to say, 
you know, sometimes we just know where to start something. We do not necessarily know what shape it's going to take. We just know we need to do it. And then when we get to that step, the Holy Spirit helps us and guides us. And that's how um, things built and developed over the years. Um, I can remember Keith Hazel, who was the network um, prophet leader at that time, he would come through. So he actually would be a great person resource for me to talk to. He also encouraged me. Um, The other thing that I do need to probably say is that there wasn't many women, you didn't see many women operating in prophetic gifts, at least initially, it was mostly men that were operating, but Keith would encourage me. And I can remember being at a meeting one time, and he actually did the position of a football hold to make a way for me to come forward and minister to these people. So he gave opportunity um, to grow in the gift. But I'd like to actually say that in the meantime, I had made a lot of mistakes in the prophetic, just with not having guidance and there was not mentoring in the prophetic in those days. But as we were gathering together, um, just as our group in the church, I began to really think that there's got to be better ways of learning how to grow in your prophetic gift without blundering through and making the mistakes that I had made. Uh, You know, God has a better plan than this. And so as we went through, I think all the guidelines that became sort of the, um, the rails or the safeguards for us in the prophetic, they actually all came about as maybe things got a little bit crazy. We didn't handle them that well. For example, we used to minister the prophetic people. Sometimes we would go, we would minister to house churches it would be the ministry was good and the fact it would be encouraging, but we didn't have any guidelines. So sometimes there'd be kids running all over while we're trying to minister to the parents. And one time I can think of one of the prophets in our church who isn't there any longer, but he was so distracted looking out the picture window in the living room where we were ministering, thinking a kid's going to get run over here. He oh just my was, goodness. And you know, it was pretty wild like that. And another time, We were at another house church. We had groups ministering downstairs and then upstairs. And the time kept going on. Like we started at about 6.30 and it's getting later. And we didn't realize the downstairs people were coming upstairs for a second round of ministry. And the upstairs people were going downstairs. Oh, so no double double dipping. It was all double dipping. And the the house church leader was evangelistic. I think he was pulling people in off the street. It was just (laughs) wild. It was a perpetual ministry time yeah then we thought okay i think we need some guidelines for house church ministry that's how basically it developed just along like that so life was simple and unfolded and it was one step at a time i just want to comment on that you said that you kind of need to start something and then you keep moving and i think often that is the case And what can stop us, though, is if we're afraid or we don't heed that voice. We say, well, I don't know every step. I don't know what to do. Uh, I think often we can short circuit ourselves, but you didn't. You said, well, I'll start. I think the other thing I noticed is how much, how important it is to have the cheerleaders around you. Like you were talking about Dave being somebody that would encourage you and then Keith Hazel. And even though you made mistakes at times, they were there like, come on, you can do it, Diane. And I'm sure that's a big 
aspect that you'd encourage other people to do? Like if you're going to raise up other prophetic people, you got to be their cheerleader. You got to be willing to release that. You got to be right. And probably even ready to handle a bit of mess here and there. Would you say? Yeah. Cause I mean, the thing is being a prophetic person is a little bit difficult because you have to take some risks. Right. And then lots of times it's public. And so if you're making a mistake, you know, people love you if you get it right, but they don't love you as much if you <laughs> blunder and make those mistakes. I would say I re never really thought of myself as being pastoral, but I am with prophetic people because I understand that tension of wanting to step out in faith, yet at the same time having to be accountable. And even the mistakes that I made, the blunders, they are very helpful for me in teaching because as wow. I share mistakes, I think people can recognize that we all can make mistakes, but we learn from our mistakes. And that's so much my way of thinking and mentoring people now is, okay, this is a situation. What can we learn from this? And also we know that we operate out of love. And so we have to learn, we make adjustments, but we don't quit. And I think it's sort of sad in some ways when people haven't had sort of a opportunity for some mentoring or growing opportunities, they probably have just given up. And there's a lot of frustrated prophetic people there just because they haven't had the opportunity to know how to develop their gift. Wow. And so it's my joy to be released at this time in my life where I'm no longer working. I've done workshops on weekends and gone out and done uh, prophetic development for a lot of years. I didn't realize though, with my job, I was at capacity. And so I feel like God actually tricked me in a way, took me <laughs> out of my job sooner than I thought, because I actually loved the work that I did in continuing education with our college. But I realized I was just at capacity and I could never, ever give what I do now to our network and to work with other churches if I had stayed in that position. So right. it's about six years now, I think six, seven years. It's been that long. Wow. It's been that long. And, you know, it's been my joy because at the same time, we got more grandchildren. And so I feel like I have the perfect life now. My track is prophetic. So mm -hmm. for years, we were house church leaders. We were youth leaders at one time. We'd help here. We'd help there. As you do in growing and building a church. Right, of course. But it's so wonderful to be at this stage of my life where I'm just working in the area of gifting. And I have opportunity. And yeah. it's a blessing of being part of a local church, but also part of a network. Mm. And I think that I could have just maybe worked as an individual helping people in the prophetic, but there's so much more accountability and credibility that's inviting as people know your part yes. and you actually have sanction from a network. Yes. I actually feel that's a very privileged position mm -hmm. that God's given me. And I don't take it lightly because I see others that don't have that yeah. and they do not have the same opportunities. When you were mentioning about people calling out gifting, I actually feel that just as mature believers, my husband, myself, not even in just in a prophetic, but I do believe that we have a responsibility to really call out giftings in especially young people, because mm -hmm. you don't see that yourself. And if others don't call it forward, I think that sometimes destiny can go the wrong direction. Yes, yes. Life. Well, and yeah. kind of like yourself, right? 
like you had raw gift. And in the end, you needed mature leaders that were able to call it out. I want to just make a comment sure. about your trajectory to where you are today. I think it's a unique kind of journey God took you on. And just from my perspective, and just to share with our listeners, I've watched Diane through the years, and I know her story, how she worked with the teams at Harvest City to raise up prophetic people. They created teams that would prophesy over people between services in the church, and then actually created several levels of teams from beginner type of prophetic people to an intermediate, and even to a higher level team that would probably be able to even go to other churches and prophesy. And so literally, I watched as she's done that. She's developed that through the years. And then what happened is that she was released. She's raised up someone who's taken over the ministry at Harvest City, even though she's still connected. And now she's been released to the larger body. And I think it's really a good picture, Diane, because really authority and power comes out of our local church service. Sometimes we forget that. And you are so locally church oriented. And I really honor that because, because you served your local church and you built a base there. And then now you actually, not only are you released by LifeLinks, but you're released by Harvest City Church. So mm -hmm. there's an authority you carry and there's a respect because of your track record. And I just want to commend Diane to everyone that's listening, because I do think sometimes people run out as prophetic voices and maybe they have a gift, but you're right. They, they maybe don't have that grounding or that network or that connection or base, whatever you want to call it. And I think there's risks to that, not only for them, but for other people. But I just want to commend you, Diane. I also want to say that Diane has been a very submitted person and the things that she works on and does, I know she really keeps me aware and I really appreciate it because I think she's such a key player. So I just wanted to kind of focus on that. And then out of that, Diane, you've created materials. So you talked about your blunders and the things you've learned. Well, the good news is Diane has created materials, which we'll talk about later, but you have developed ways to help teams. So maybe just talk a bit about what you do when you go into churches and how that kind of works. How does that look when churches have you come in? Um, well, often I'm in conversation with pastors or leaders that maybe had a recommendation from others, or maybe they have some prophetic people in their church that are saying we need help in this area. There can be different ways that people become interested in having teaching or training in the prophetic. And so now what I like to offer is that, first of all, if we have an invitation to come into a church by a pastor, it gives me great assurance to know that the prophetic people are going to have opportunity. There's grace for them to grow, right? And so there's an atmosphere uh, for them to be able to take steps and to come together and to really bring in prophetic culture. I like to actually talk to the pastors and leaders about this area of building prophetic culture, because it isn't always just one thing, but to, to actually um, say, this is how the prophetic can be. If you will take your people your prophetic people and work with them, train them and help them develop, they will be a great blessing to you um, as you work together to build the church. And so I often share, as we started offering teams for drop-in prophetic ministry between service, we were actually doing that to say, are we relevant to the general body con uh, congregation? But it's actually also a great training opportunity as you see prophetic people giving opportunity to be ministered to. But 
uh, about six months after we started the drop-in prophetic ministry between teens. Now, our pastor, this is now probably about maybe eight years ago, I'm thinking um, Joel Wells, well, he sent a letter to the prophetic teams and he just said, thank you to the teams for serving in this capacity, because we're seeing the difference in people in terms of their testimonies. They're being more encouraged. Actually, the pastoral requirements, like the amount of time pastorally and counseling is diminishing because people are getting some victory in their lives. And so to me, it's like, okay, there's now evidence that if you work together, your prophetic people will work together with your counselors and pastoral people, you can really build together concretely. And it's also a lesson for prophetic people to think, you know, we're not the be all and end all. We are one part of how the Holy Spirit is developing in people's lives. And so we can see where we need to refer people to some pastoral counseling, or we can refer people to some healing programs and some freedom type programs as well. And so I like to get, because sometimes prophetic people can put too much responsibility on themselves and feel like they have to do be, be it all for a person's life and, and realizing, you know, we're just partnering with the Holy Spirit to do our part in this development. I just think that as I would go into a church, I like to have opportunity on, say, a weekend that we meet with the leaders in the church, maybe offer some prophetic minister to those leaders, because it's really important to have a trust relationship for people to get to know myself. I travel now usually with my husband. In the past, over the years, it would be with different members of a prophetic team. But we like to maybe have more of an informal time. And we'll, then we'll maybe offer a prophetic workshop on Saturday where I'll work with the prophetic people, the intercessory people. People know they have something, but they don't necessarily know it's a prophetic gift. So make sure that it's not just for people that think that they're experienced. It's really for people that, you know, I'll just come. I'll just show up. Um, who knows? And I actually feel like that's sometimes more fruitful because you get to help those people understand what their gifting is and what they're called to. And then usually we'll end up speaking on a Sunday. Sometimes Todd will speak, sometimes I'll speak. To tell you the truth now, I I understand the way my gifting works. I actually say, say it'd be better if Todd speaks because I'd rather prophesy. Not rather, but I mean, I could talk about prophecy, but I actually feel by Sunday, I'm going to have a word for the church. And this last year and a half, I've had a lot of liberty in just calling people out for prophecy in the church. At one time, I used to shy away from that. But now I'm really seeing the benefit of where people can actually see that there's accuracy, but also that there's a heart of Jesus that comes forward to people. So sometimes it's people discouraged, sometimes people that have written themselves off, or people that just need a gifting magnified. So that would be a weekend package. That's what I would say there. But we do different things, different places, depending what pastors or leaders are saying that they need. It's lovely coming in from the outside because sometimes prophetic people can be not uh, behaving that well in their local church because they haven't had very much teaching or instruction, but coming in from the outside can be a help for churches. Mm -hmm. Not that we come in and solve all the problems, but I get prophetic people. And I get the fact that 
yes, they need opportunity, but they also need to know their limitations yeah, and have really respect good. for the leaders that, you know, it isn't just prophetic people that hear from God, actually. Well, <laughs> and, it, and it's a submitted gift. You know, the old yeah. saying, and you would have heard this many times, obviously, is the prophetic, you know, keep the fire in the fireplace, right? And, yes. you know, and there's a real truth to it. When you have a strong local church body, strong leadership, and the, the prophetic is working in unity with them, and there's just a good synergy, it is a safety. The fire is in the fireplace. There is a safe place for the prophetic to be released. Whereas if the fire gets beyond that, right, sometimes it can oh, be the control. Yes. Yeah, for and sure. So yeah. I think that's, if I would, you know, just say what you do, I think you're really good at helping churches to create the fireplace. I think that's really what you're doing. Safe yeah. place, not only for the prophetic people to learn and grow and to feel safe, but also for the leaders to feel like, you know what, there's some accountability here. There's some guidelines, there's some structure. So I just want to, again, for anyone listening, I've seen this firsthand and function firsthand. It might be a good time for us to talk about the materials you have, Diane. I know in my own uh, church setting, we've used Diane's materials and I used it on a uh, small group setting once and also used it for a prophetic team setting where uh, the team went through all of the materials. So I've seen it function on a couple of different levels. Maybe share what you have developed that people can get a hold of. Sure. Well, I'll recommend just because you to write everything down doesn't always work that well. But if I have a website that's Diane Harrison, www.dianeharrison.ca, which will give the tools that are available. They're all available on Amazon as well for ordering, which is a big help. But first of all, I was at a conference in Calgary, actually, quite a few years ago, probably about 20 years ago, I think. And Keith Hazel, the prophet of the network, announced to the group at this conference I had taught a session at the conference. And then he announced that Diane Harrison's book will be coming out soon. You can watch for that. Well, I nearly fell off my chair because I had no <laughs> inkling of ever writing a book. And I actually fought that for a long time. Sad to say, it actually took me 10 years. I had some false starts. A big part of the reason why is because I felt what I do is every day. I just want people to know how to use their gift in the everyday function. I'm not any big prophet that's speaking to nations. I'm just an everyday type of person. So I really didn't think that I had that much to offer. And it's so interesting because now what people want is the everyday. They want the practical. They want what's useful. How do we equip people in a way that's not weird or scary, yes. uh, etc. So there's that. So I did eventually begin, I wrote a book, I had it published, it's just called on uh, building prophetic teams. It's actually my journey of growing in the prophetic as well. But interestingly enough, that book came out, and it does have its value in building teams. But right after I just got it finished, it actually took a lot of work for me, I think it was like 13 drafts, anybody that's written knows that it's a lot of work. Yes. And, but the Holy Spirit said to me, okay, now you've convinced people that they need to work with their prophetic people. You've convinced people they need to have teams, but you need to give them some materials to work with. And I was, I just remember thinking, oh, you've got to be kidding. I can't go through this again. But I thought, okay, I had taught a 
class on prophecy at Bible school. Uh, one time, Harvest City had a Bible school for a few years. I taught that quite a few times. So I had this idea, what if? And this is where the Holy Spirit has gotten me. I think any time I've done any publications, it's been this question of what if? What if you took the content that you had, that you taught at Bible school? What if you took that and put it into a workbook? So that is what I did pulled it apart. I sort of have 10 foundational lessons on prophecy. It's just a prophetic team workbook. Honestly, out of my materials, that probably is the most sought after thing that I do use because it's gives sort of a, a platform. It's got some stability to it, how to develop. So that workbook now is translated into both Spanish and French. So that is having a way wider scope than I ever dreamed of. I use it in teaching all, all the time. I mean, sure, it can always be revisiting and re-editing, but it's foundational tool. So I did that, still use that a lot. And then I had another idea a couple of years ago. What if, what if I did a devotion, just a book that every day gave a little exercise that's one thing in my teaching, I think that might be different from, you know, you, there's a lot of teaching now on internet, etc. a lot of e-courses that people can take. But I am really stuck on the fact that you have to have prophetic, you have to do exercises in order to learn about your own gift and to sort of know how to handle yourself. And so I have an instructor guide to go with my 10 lesson workbook that gives exercises that helps equip people if they're leading groups. But just for individuals, I did this little 30 days of inspiration. Now, I was just working with a group in one of the churches in Florida. And I, you know, I did this a couple of years ago. I think I recommended it a few times. It gives an exercise every day for someone to do. Well, they took this book and they used it as they were also using the workbook. And so the feedback as I met with the group was that they grew in the exercises from this 30-day devotion book, almost more than the 10 overview really? lessons. Really? Amazing. Because it made them challenge themselves to step out every day. So That's I've sort of so revamped that tool again a little bit. And then what I did last year, again, the Holy Spirit came to me, and I was just thinking, like, because I'm thinking I don't have that much time for writing or whatever, but came to me with this idea, what if I started to put together all the questions that I've at, been asked in the years of ministry? What if I compiled them? And so I thought, yeah, what if? And I had the title right away. It was like, this is that, you know, it's I sort like, of like that title. That is an awesome is title. Yeah. yeah. So I put together, it's a hundred questions and answers about prophecy and I, I think that it is helpful as a resource for prophetic people, but it's especially for pastors and leaders that aren't going to read five books on prophecy because they've got a whole scope of areas, but it's like a quick reference for them. And I'm getting feedback that it's very helpful that way. And then I really had fun with it because that time I got my 12-year-old granddaughter to do the cover, the oh, art, cool. the art cover on it. It is a cool cover. So that that was nice. And also a nice thing for her to see that her gift had significance. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm really delighted um, with that. You know, I'm so excited about the prophetic. And I think that with Todd and I, now we have opportunity 
we often will come into a church with the idea of building prophetic culture, but because of the years of leadership, we end up uh, spending time just supporting pastors and leaders. It's like, yeah, we understand that. Like (laughs) I take my hat off to pastors. I mean, it's not an easy, easy job. Right. But just to speak words of life and encouragement means a lot. We've had good friends that have not really gone the distance in their faith and in their calling. And I believe that if they had had opportunity for some prophetic encouragement through Mm, ministry over the years, I think they would have gone the distance. And so those things sometimes of hard things of friendships lost seeing people's callings not come to fruition it's made me very passionate very passionate and yeah and if and if i'm seeing you here with the zoom and i can tell that diane carries this this is her this is something given to her i want to just say that it's really cool with your materials you know, God would come to you, give you an idea and you'll, well, what if I, what if I, and each time you stepped out and you did it and, and in doing that, you push through insecurity, you push through, well, will it be worth anything? I mean, I know I've written a book myself. It's not easy to do these things, but you've done it and God is using it. So I I just want to commend you for it. Something else that you've done, which I think is significant is the prophetic pursuit conference. It's going to be March 8th and 9th this year, 2024 in of Regina at Harvest City Church. How many years has this been going now, Diane? Okay, we are in, I'm trying to think if we're in year six or seven. Um, Okay, two, four, we're in year six. So again, I have to say it's a what if like a cerebral idea, but actually the conference was a heart idea. I guess maybe the books have been as well, but particularly the conference. And, you know, Keith Hazel, who was the prophet and also the first apostolic leader of lifelinks he would do conferences that were called under the radar where he would gather people yes. you know prophetic people different I went to those yes come mm-hmm. together those just were like life-giving to me you know you're in a whole group of people that they get you you get each other you don't have to explain prophecy in a way and you just can be so energized But I just had a a desire. I felt over the years, I'd seen um, people that had, um, you know, some great prophetic people, greatly gifted people, but just sort of strayed. They just didn't have, there wasn't community for them. Let's just say that. Or they've been so very misunderstood. Sometimes they hadn't handled themselves well. Well, that's, you know, that's life. And, but still to feel value, you know, just the value of the gifting and, The scripture that is sort of my life scripture is that the love of God draws us to repentance or to make change. The word repentance just means to change or to grow. And so I just have this heart to gather people together. But I felt because I was so connected with Richard and Margaret Graham, especially Margaret in prophetic worship, raising up teams, etc. Like we were good friends, but they really caught that heart. So I just felt like I think we need to do this. We need to do it in Calgary because that was just a nucleus that I felt. So we started the conference and in person had it at, at Victory Bible College just for the sake of having places to stay, etc. I think that what it did was just make it evident that there was a desire for prophetic people to get together. So we did that for a couple of years. And then when COVID hit, yes. we didn't have the opportunity. But what it did was made us go online. 
I couldn't drop the conference. So we had two years of the conference being online, which actually it worked out to be opportunity because more people could get involved. And so then last year, we did both online and in person. We had a great conference last year. And, you know, to be able to just come into the presence of the Lord, we had great teachers, but really just the community of coming together. So that's what we're doing again this year, March 8th and 9th. And, you know, we have overseas, um, we have UK folks that stay up till all hours to hook into the conference. Um, It's not just life, it's a LifeLinks conference, but we have all different people, different streams, which I also think is a wonderful time to come together because it's where prophetic community, we can appreciate each other's calling and gifting. And I do think it's life-giving for attendees, right? You can receive and also I think there's inspiration that comes. And so I'm very grateful that we have the support of being able to do the conference at Harvest City Church in Regina and also the support of the network to say, yes, let's continue to stretch and just see where God takes this. Well, it's a fantastic event. And I think I've been involved with all of them, except the first one, at least I've attended. And then the last three I've spoken at just a kind of an introduction, which I really enjoyed. And we'll be doing that again this time. So that'll, that'll be exciting. And I think if people want, maybe what we should do is if people want to find out, you have some great speakers. And I think if they go online, they can kind of read about them and know what's going on. What's the place that they should go for that? Actually, if they just go onto the LifeLinks website, it's right there. That would be the broadest way of just clicking on and registering. Richard Graham has developed an app for the conference, which you can have access to there for prophetic pursuit. But I think it's really nice to go on to sort of see who the speakers are. I actually, Ian, I really value the fact that he opens up the conference supporting it. He actually just gives such great highlights as to the prophetic conference. God gives him a word in season for the conference this year. The conference theme is make room. And I do feel like the Holy Spirit is just wanting expansion of just even the love that could come through prophetic and his heart towards people. I think there's healing that can happen in the presence of the Lord. And we saw that happen last year. There were some father wounds. You know, everybody that's been a believer that's been involved in Christianity, there's some usually part of the journey is a few knocks and bumps here and there. But coming into the presence of the Lord, there's always opportunity for healing. And I think strengthening, healing, vision casting can come Mm -hmm. from a concentrated time like that. So you're never going to lose, is my opinion, by giving opportunity for the Holy Spirit to bring people together. So I'm really excited about the conference this year. I really am. Well, and I think what you're saying is true, and I can just vouch for it, having attended you know, you got speakers, you've got content, but you have room for the Holy Spirit to move. And he does. And so I think it's a really good blend. And of course, the prophetic element is there. So yeah, lifelinks.org, that would be the place to go, go to lifelinks.org. And there is a tab right on there on the front page, you can click on it, register and find out more information. So that's perfect. Well, I think what we should do now 
is this has been fantastic. What a great interview, Diane. And we could go on a long time because there is much. You have a lot of wisdom and experience, and I so appreciate it. But maybe what we'll do is ask your wonderful husband, Todd, to come and bless us. All right. Well, we have Todd here. So, Todd, thank you. If you could pray for our network and those that are listening, that'd be awesome. Yeah, happy to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you. Lord, that you are building your church, Lord, in our day and our generation, and that, Lord, we have such a privilege uh, of being a part of what you're doing. And, uh, Lord, we really want to have our hearts uh, submitted to uh, to all of your plans. And, uh, Lord, we want to have a clear, just a clear uh, vision of, of what you purpose to do, especially in this coming year. And uh, through the apostolic, through the prophetic, through the network of churches, Lord, and for the kingdom of God, Father, we just really pray that there will be just a unity uh, amongst believers, amongst churches, that there'll be uh, just a covenant commitment, Lord, to you, to the kingdom, and that, uh, Lord, moving forward, Lord, that we will have an ear to hear, an yes. ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today, as, uh, Lord, we believe that you are preparing us for a move, a great move of God. We believe you're preparing us for a great harvest yes, and Lord. Uh, just an expansion, an expansion, yes. a great expansion in the kingdom. And so, Lord, we're just, again, grateful to be a part in this day. And we pray, we pray for our apostolic team. We pray for each one, for Ian, for Kevin, for Frank, for Joel and Aubrey. Lord, that you really give them strategic plans, Lord, for building through lifelinks, Lord. And as we're joined together, Father, we can do the work of many because one puts a thousand, two put 10,000, Lord. There's a dynamic, a supernatural synergism, Lord, that when our hearts are of a mind to work and to work together. So, Father, we just really pray for that wisdom and that grace to come upon them as leaders and us as churches uh, and members, Lord, to respond, to hear, and to build up, Lord, to build up one another, support one another, and together, Lord, we can do the heavy lifting. Lord, we're just mindful. Nehemiah built a wall in 50 days. It hadn't happened for years and years. In 50 days, he did the impossible because the people had a mind to work. Yes. So, Father, give us that heart. Give yes. us that mind. And give us that grace, we pray. For this year, Lord, we want to see some amazing things yes, this year. We pray Lord. for the supernatural, Lord. Mm -hmm. Supernatural manifestation, Lord, of grace upon the apostolic and prophetic in particular. But yes. also, Lord, for the supernatural in terms of uh, signs and wonders, yes, Lord, Lord, to establish your church, to bring greater freedom and liberty to those that are bound. Hallelujah. Yes, that is your Lord, heart. Lord. That is your command to us so we receive it again we're grateful mm. thankful for what you're doing yes. lord we're thankful for the leaders we're thankful for those that are following in jesus name yes amen amen, amen. great prayer todd todd is really a <laughs> prayer and i so appreciate his prayers anytime he's prayed for me and it's so amazing so thank you todd thank you diane so to get a hold of you again diane if people wanted you to come to their churches it would be your website what is that again www dot dianeharrison.ca okay perfect and uh, yeah and you can get my email off that website and contact so yeah i perfect. love to talk prophetic 
That's great. And they can also order the materials from there as well. So we're set. And remember everyone, the Prophetic Pursuit Conference, March 8th and 9th in Regina, go to lifelinks.org and you can register there and get all the information. Thanks again, Diane. And thank you, Todd, for your prayer. And Lord bless you both. And Lord bless all of you who are listening. May 2024 be an amazingly fruitful year for you. And may we say, Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done. Anyway, thanks again, Harrisons. God bless you. Thanks, Ian. Bye-bye, everyone. See you again soon. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at lifelinks.org.